0: Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete podcast. This is part two of a conversation with author and motivational speaker Mel Robbins, author of the best-selling five-second rule book and The High Five Habit, which has just come out. If you want to go back and listen to part one, if you haven't already, then do that before continuing on with this episode. I
1: hope you enjoy. So let's unpack this high five habit, because I think it's really important for everybody to understand not only the science behind it, but the really, really powerful part that's super cool, which is that your nervous system and your brain and your soul are already equipped and pre-programmed to have this high five habit work. So you will think it's weird. And the high five habit is very simple. After you brush your teeth every single morning, you got to clean those choppers before you go out there with Dragon bath, right? We're going to clean out your mind. We are literally going to hit the reset button on your brain and we are going to send you into the day with a boost of dopamine, with a energized nervous system and with a powerful intention that reminds you of who you actually are. Not all of that crap that's been done to you. Because the fact of the matter is, if you can drag yourself out of bed and you can get yourself in front of that mirror and you're still breathing, despite all the things that you've survived in your life and all the things you need to forgive yourself for, and you're still trying to do a little bit better, you not only deserve a high five and encouragement and support and a little bit of love, you need it right now to keep going. So as you finish brushing your teeth, and it's important that you do it after you brush your teeth, because I want you to stack this new habit with an old one, because science says that when you pair a new habit with an old one, it makes it 10 times easier for your brain to make it part of your ritual every morning. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a minute and you're just going to be with yourself because most of us don't even look at ourselves in the mirror. And one of the interesting things is, Emma, and this is super profound is that very first morning that i did it i raised my hand and i high five that tired woman in the mirror lightning bolt didn't strike me like it wasn't like woo i'm a changed woman that's not what happened i raised my hand to the mirror and i give that woman in the mirror a high five cuz she needed it and i felt my shoulders drop and i felt my chin lift and i laughed because it's so cheesy, right? (laughs) I'm standing here without a bra on in my underwear, high-fiving my reflection, but I felt something shift. I felt that bit of reassurance that, okay, this sucks, but I can handle it. And I sent myself into my day. Now, the second morning, I want to explain and unpack something because this is really deep. When I woke up the second morning, I used the five-second rule, five, four, three, two, one, and I got out of bed. I made my bed. I started walking to the bathroom, Emma, and that's when I felt something I'd actually never experienced before. You know when you're about to go meet a friend at a cafe and you're going to have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something, and it's somebody you really like, and you're about to walk in, what do you feel? As you're about to walk into that cafe, Emma, and see somebody that you really like.
0: Just looking forward to seeing them.
1: Yeah. A sense of enthusiasm. I felt that sense of excitement about seeing me in the mirror. I had never in my lifetime experienced looking forward to seeing the human being Mel Robbins in the mirror
0: it's it's the complete opposite isn't it of everything we're taught to believe or you know avoiding ourselves avoiding ourselves in the mirror nitpicking ourselves in the mirror I, when i read your book i actually felt like this is a rebellion this is a rebellious thing to like yourself and when we talk about being kind to ourselves or being self compassionate they they feel sort of sometimes like a theory or a thing that we should do but you're visualizing it for us it's like if you're going to be your own friend well then look at yourself more talk to yourself yeah. more and mm. it's funny because i i actually think like the only time i ever looked at myself in the mirror and spoke to myself in the mirror was when i was like a bit tipsy and i was like you're great you're doing great <laughs> and so i was like if i do this when i'm sober am i insane but no i'm not
1: <laughs> no and you know it's sad like because typically when i walk into the bathroom i either avoid myself and ignore myself or i criticize myself I've never looked forward to seeing myself. And so when you go to raise your hand, there's a couple things you're going to notice. First of all, it's going to be weird. And I want to explain that because we can, the weirdness is based on the way that your brain learns information. It's, we can explain this based on neurology. So I am a right-hander. If I am writing with my right hand, I don't even think like i can do it subconsciously because it's a pattern that i've been doing my entire life if i were to switch to my left hand and start trying to write with my left hand it would feel weird it would feel weird because your brain resists new patterns just like your brain resists getting out of bed your brain resists going for exercise your brain resists drawing a boundary, your brain resists a hard conversation because these are new things for you. So expect it to feel weird because you're learning a new pattern. That's all that that is. The second thing that you're gonna notice, we've already talked about the fact that you're gonna resist it. You're going to be snarky. You're gonna think this is stupid. You're gonna like dismiss it. You need to do this for five days in a row. You have to give this five days because that's about how long it takes now that we've had you know, hundreds of thousands of people try this for the resistance to disappear and for the sense of joy or even profound sadness to appear, because what's gonna happen when you get rid of that resistance, I'm a failure or I'm a this, or I'm not good enough, and you allow yourself to be seen and supported by you for the first time ever in your life, you will feel not only empowered, but you'll feel sad that it took you this long to actually see the human being that's needed you every single day and has been hoping for you to wake up and look him or her or them in the eye. And so I expect that. Here's what you're going to notice. First of all, I mentioned that your nervous system and your soul and your brain are already pre-programmed to have this work. So you don't have to do anything except for, I want you to think about, see the person in the mirror. What does she or they or him need from you today? Like we often think about our day and how we're going to show up for everybody else. Look at the person in the mirror and ask yourself, what do you need from me? Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, what's the game in life that matters to you today that you need me to help you play? And how are we going to just inch the ball down the field? What can we do together today?
0: Most of the time it's, you need more rest.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it might be that you need to be kind to yourself today. It might need that. Let's have fun today. It might be something else but you're going to ask yourself what you need from yourself today, because you never do that. And then you're going to just raise your hand and you're going to seal it with a high five. Now, here's where the crazy science kicks in. First of all, it will be impossible for you to think something negative about yourself or your day as you're raising your hand, because you have high-fived other people or you've seen people in sports doing it forever or when the London Marathon's happening, you're high-fiving runners. You have been doing this for other people your entire life. When you go to high-five somebody, Emma, or somebody high-fives you, what does the gesture communicate to you?
0: I mean, a lot of support. I did it yesterday and I did it today before interviewing you because I was like, well, obviously. And I was just grinning, smiling so much. And I just thought, oh, this is this is this is so good because I did do it and I did come to it with a bit of cynicism. I did and I did it and I couldn't stop smiling.
1: When you high five somebody, it says, I believe in you. I see you. I love you. Keep going. We got this. If you have a teammate who blows it and you high five them, it's like, no problem. Shake it off. Come on, we go. And so it's in the gesture itself is belief, confidence, empowerment, celebration, encouragement. All of that is already programmed with a high five in your subconscious brain. So when you raise your hand to your own reflection, your brain recognizes the gesture and kicks in that positive programming and now marries it with your reflection. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. so
0: good. You know, it's so funny. And I did want to ask you this just from the sort of objective, sort of more broadly looking at self-compassion and self-love is and I, and then maybe this is a sort of cultural thing but i have found as a woman especially the more confident i get the more i don't know l- sort of outwardly lively and and happy i am sometimes people don't like that some people mm-hmm. don't like really happy confident people and i think people can sort of see this blurred line between like arrogance and self love and self confidence i mean how do you approach that because I think that this is the whole part of the problem is that we are squashing ourselves down so much, fearing that people won't like it when we have to like ourselves first.
1: Exactly. That's it. Do you like yourself? Every one of us is born profoundly unique. Like there's nobody that will ever have your laugh, your smile, your life experiences, the, the, the design of your irises, your fingerprints, your DNA. You are the only you that will ever walk this earth past, present, future. And when you were born, you love the sight of yourself. You don't remember this, but you saw a mirror as a baby. You've seen babies do this. They crawl right up to it. They put their hands on the mirror. They lick the mirror. They don't take a step back and go, gosh, my thighs are chubby as hell. So it's hardwired in your DNA to love and celebrate yourself. What happens is you're either born into a family system where there is abuse or criticism or neglect or chaos or danger, or there's poverty, or there's things that, that make your nervous system fire up and get into a dysregulated alarm mode. And so you have to start to figure out how to cope and survive. And for some people, literally, it means staying quiet. There are people who, um, based on their true gender identity, they, it's unsafe. For them to be who they are. And so the system that you're born in can suppress your identity. But the bigger thing that also happens for every one of us is by the time we get to grade school, and we've all had the experience of walking into a cafeteria with a tray and seeing the kids you wish you could sit with, and then your self talk starts to go, You don't have the right pair of jeans. They're not going to like you. And it's almost like a protection thing to hold you back from feeling rejected. But the truth is you start to learn how to reject yourself from a very young age. And I think part of the opportunity of being an adult is to figure out how to break that lifetime pattern of self-rejection and to replace it with a pattern of celebration, acceptance, Mm -hmm. and joy. And so you can do that every single morning in the mirror. And one of the reasons why people might be a bit, you know, kind of cold or kind of have their feathers ruffled when you start being more of yourself is because when you're self-expressed, it always stirs something inside somebody who isn't. Mm -hmm. You can only Mm -hmm. celebrate in someone else authentically what you also celebrate within yourself. You know, I remember once my, um, my husband stopped drinking for a number of years. And I like to have a glass of wine or, you know, I used to like to have a glass of wine when I was cooking dinner. And I remember that first night that he was not drinking and I went to pour a glass of wine. I became that person in everybody's life that starts to sabotage your change, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Chris, are you sure you don't want a glass of wine? Why would you have to stop drinking? Now I got to stop. Like I start kind of badgering him about this life change, which when you start to become more of yourself... The people around you are going to be confronted by it. And let me Mm -hmm. tell you why. Chris turned to me and he said, Mel, I'm not going to have a glass of wine. And frankly, if you want one, have one. The only person that cares about what's in your glass is you. And if you're bothered by what's in your glass because of what I'm doing, you need to stop focusing on what I'm doing and start taking a look in the mirror and start getting honest with yourself about Mm. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easier to be like, oh, that Emma thinks she's all herself. (laughs) It's easier to do that than to be with yourself in the mirror and realize you still hate yourself. You can't celebrate yourself. That's why it's so confronting when you see somebody else doing it for them. You have this deep longing Mm -hmm. to feel that way about yourself. And in the very beginning, I said, it's so much easier to be angry and frustrated than it is to feel pain. And so anybody that is acting out toward you or criticizing you because you're being more of yourself or because you're happier, just bring empathy to them. Feel sorry for them because I guarantee you they're not practicing the high five habit. They ignore themselves in front of the mirror. They shame themselves. They hate themselves. They beat themselves up. The stuff they're saying about you is nothing compared to the stuff they say to themselves. So feel sorry for them and keep showing up because it's through you demonstrating what it looks like to be self-expressed, what it looks like to be happy. This is not about arrogance. This is about contentment. This is about authenticity. This is about self-expression. This is about, frankly, your most fundamental needs. And, 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 you know, some of the research is really profound. So, for example, there are two studies that everybody is blown away by, and one of them is that they studied you know, in the United States, the uh, NBA basketball teams, right? And they were able to predict what teams would be in the championship rounds based on what was happening during the preseason. And the teams that had the most number of fist bumps or pats on the back or high fives went on to be in the championship rounds at the end of the season. And the teams who had the least number of fist bumps and pats on the back and high fives were consistently ranked the lowest. And the question is why? The reason is because these gestures are more than gestures. High-fiving somebody is a symbol of trust, partnership, encouragement, support, love. You can give that to yourself every morning in the mirror You can create a new partnership with yourself you have the biggest ally that you're going to go through life with staring at Mm -hmm. you every morning in the mirror just wishing you would look up and see them and you're ignoring them and so that's one of the reasons why this is so powerful
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, because I do think it's important for people to be prepared in a way for a big change. If they are about to go down this path of more self-love, the high five habit, you, you, things might f- kind of float away from you. Things might change. People might not. I don't know. You could change your friendship group. You, your relationship might change. Like This is quite big stuff, because I think people who really change themselves end up not really being prepared for the fact that. You know,
1: your lifestyle might change. Well, I think this is absolutely foundational because, and again, I need to underscore something, Emma. I'm going to be 53 this year. I didn't know this until a year ago. I knew I needed to put myself first. I knew I needed to learn how to love myself. I knew I needed to be kinder to myself. I didn't know how at a profound level. I have been so hard on myself for my entire life. I didn't know what that actually felt like. And this high five habit, it begins by high-fiving yourself in the mirror. That's just the beginning. It works at such a deep foundational Level It cuts all the way down to the you of you, to the moment in life when you stopped having your own back, when you decided that you wanted to be anybody other than yourself and your relationship with yourself and learning how to love and accept yourself and have your own back and cheer for yourself and look at your face, even though you've picked it apart and see somebody that deserves your love. It is the most foundational relationship that you have because it is the basis of every relationship. If you can't love yourself, you will never accept that somebody else truly loves you.
0: So true. And I was just thinking the amount of times we've been looking at ourselves in Zoom for the past two years. Like, yeah, I think there was a study about how many people couldn't look at themselves anymore because they've looked at themselves so much during the pandemic. It's like this book. I know you say it's not a pandemic book, but it's definitely come at the most perfect time. Um, but just lastly, to round up, you are the easiest person in the world to interview, by the way, I just could listen to you talk for hours. Um, could we just talk about quickly the, you know, on that topic of change and how we can change our minds, change our brains, change our perceptions. You talk about how you look for hearts, heart shapes <laughs> in things yeah. around you. And, and it's an example of, you know, what you put your attention to is, is basically your life. And, I did it yesterday and it was really fun.
1: So what happened yesterday when you did it? She's you were looking for a naturally occurring heart shape somewhere.
0: So I was in the cafe reading a book and it was raining outside and it felt I'll always remember that day now from reading this book. Honestly, I'm it, you know, I know it sounds very hyperbolic, but it's really going to change me. I, I know that I've read something that is going to be very, very powerful now ongoing. And I, I really, really loved it. But I was looking around the room. Yeah. And there was um a plant and all the leaves were in heart shapes. I looked at a cloud that was sort of in a a bit of a heart shape. Um, There was sort of a stain on the wall that looked like a heart. I mean, they were everywhere, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. So what you're talking about is a game that I play, because again, you're going to start by high-fiving yourself in the mirror. There's also a tool called high-fiving your heart, which is going to help your nervous system settle down. And you need to know how to high-five your heart because your nervous system after these last 18 months is completely on edge. And then we talk about your brain. Because my thesis in this book, in addition to improving the relationship you have with yourself, being the basis of how you take control of every aspect of your life, is that your mind, body, and spirit are designed to help you get what you want. And you can, in very small ways, reset their programming and learn how to make your brain and your soul and your spirit and your nervous system work for you. And so um, looking for hearts is a very simple thing that you can do. And I happen to have a heart-shaped rock right here. I look for hearts everywhere I go. And the reason why I want you to play this game, and here's how you play the game, and then I'm going to explain the science behind it, because it's going to help you in a super fun and really spiritual way if you take this game seriously. It's going to help you reset the filter in your brain that's called the reticular activity system. It's like a giant electric hairnet that sits over your brain that changes in real time based on what you think is important, based on what you tell it to find. And when you can start to experience the power of this filter, you can first do it by looking for hearts, but then you can go even deeper and start to change the stories that you have told yourself about yourself for your entire life. And as you tell yourself different stories about who you are, your brain changes how it filters the world to show you more evidence of the good stuff. And you will stop seeing evidence of all the bad stuff. And it's an important thing to learn how to do because right now you're walking by a world that you don't even see, you're, you're walking past opportunities. You asked me the question earlier, Emma, about my daughter in that text, why am I the ugliest one at the bar? And how it's so heartbreaking and frustrating to have people that you love beat themselves up because you see the world very differently. The filter in your brain doesn't see her as the ugliest person in the world. You see all the beauty and all the attributes and everything that's amazing about her. And the way you see the world, doesn't change how she sees the world. And that's where looking for hearts is so powerful because we're gonna teach you, you can change how you see the world. And then once you know how to do it, you can change how you see yourself and how you fit into the world. And so the heart rock game is super simple. After you high five yourself in the mirror and you send yourself into the day, your job is to find one naturally occurring heart shape somewhere in the world. And just as you so beautifully described Emma, it could be a stain on the wall, it could be a cloud, it could be the spot on a dog, it could be a heart uh, leaf, it could be a rock, it could be anywhere. Just tell your mind, I wanna see a heart today and look for it and something crazy will happen. You will start to see heart shapes everywhere and you'll realize, oh my God, they've always been there. I've just walked by them. And then I want you to supersize this, um, this exercise because it'll, it'll make your uh, filter in your brain Change even faster when you see the heart. And I can tell you did this because you had almost a spiritual experience when you started doing this. When you see the heart shape, I want you to imagine that the universe or God or whomever or whatever you believe in put that there for you to find. And I want you to feel, allow yourself to feel this sort of energy through your nervous system that you are changing, you are getting and seeing the signs that life is putting there for you, that you're not alone, that there are clues that you are about to start waking up to that are leading you in new directions. And this little heart stone is the first of a million clues that you're about to start seeing that are gonna help you turn toward what's meant for you. And when you rev up your nervous system in that way and you reward your nervous system, by feeling good when you pick up the stone or you see the heart-shaped leaf or you see, oh my gosh, right there in my cappuccino, there's a little like dot of coffee that looks like a heart. When you start to see these clues and you start to allow yourself to believe that they're there for you, it changes the filter in your brain even more because now your nervous system is sending a signal that this is actually a really good thing. It's the opposite, by the way, of a trauma response. So trauma remembers the negative and it remembers it because your nervous system is an alarm state. You can use your resting nervous system to have a feel-good response, a celebratory response that also makes your reticular activity system remember this, which means something really cool. You're going to see more hearts. One of the reasons why when you start taking more action and you start really training your brain to be optimistic and to believe and to see the world working for you and with you, one of the reasons why this is so important is because we know based on research that when you have what I call a high five attitude, which is an optimistic, a realistically optimistic mindset, you believe that based on your attitude and your actions, You can have a positive impact on anything that is happening to you and any struggle that you're facing. Having a high five attitude does not change the fact that there are challenges in your life. It does not change the fact that you have struggled in the past. It does not change the fact that you have very real obstacles in front of you, whether those obstacles are systematic uh, discrimination, whether those obstacles are poverty, whether those obstacles are mental health challenges, whether those obstacles are being in a relationship that's toxic. Those are very real obstacles that people face. But when you start to cultivate a high five attitude, it doesn't change the reality of those things. It changes you and it changes your ability to face those things and that's where the magic is that when you start to believe that through your actions and your attitude that you can create positive outcomes no matter what you're facing you could lose the love of your life somebody could confess that they've cheated to you you could get fired you could go bankrupt you could be divorced And you could still cultivate an attitude that you will be okay. And, you know, one of the most profound things that I've ever experienced, Emma, and this is kind of the heart of what I call a high five attitude, is it's not toxic positivity. It doesn't take away the pain and the struggle. Like the gift of your life is that you're a human being and you can be several things at once. You can be heartbroken and scared. And you can still tell yourself that you're going to be okay and you're going to come out of this wiser and stronger. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something that has changed my life. And I write about this in so many different ways in The High Five Habit. We have all had the experience of standing in this moment and looking back at our life and seeing how every single thing that has happened to us, good, bad, terrifying traumatic every single thing has led us to this exact moment it has given us the wisdom the strength the courage all of it like because those things wisdom courage strength you don't get that stuff when life is working that stuff is like steel it's forged in fire and you can see all the dots of your life and how they connect you to this moment and why in many ways they were preparing you for this moment. The real, real gift in life, the real ability to feel like you're in control and that you're gonna be okay no matter what is to stand in this moment, no matter what you're facing and to know with every fiber of your being that this moment is also a dot on the map of your life. And it is to connecting you to something extraordinary that hasn't happened yet. And when you can stand in heartache or grief or fear or pain or even exhilaration and know that it is just a dot on the map of your life and it is preparing you for something, it is giving you a lesson, it is giving you a skill, it is having you meet somebody, it is giving you an experience that you need for something extraordinary that hasn't happened yet. And that even though it's hard, and even though it's challenging, you're gonna be okay. And you have within you the strength and the wisdom and the resilience to not only face this, but to get through it and to soar.
0: Well, that's a pretty amazing note to end on. Thank you so much. I know I'll be listening back to this probably quite a few times um to take it all back in again but um thank you so much for this book thank you for the five second rule thank you for all your work and the amazing stuff that you know I feel very lucky to live in a world where I can go on YouTube listen to a podcast hear you speak you know we've got so much to help us now and I really hope this is the start of more people seriously liking themselves loving themselves looking at themselves more and um, not not reaching for external validation the whole time, because it really is life-changing. And thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: It's been a real honor to be with you. Um, and, you know, I also want to tell you that um, one of the things that we've learned based on research, and I know you know this to be true too, and you do a, a, just a gorgeous job supporting people in your community, is it's so much easier when you are trying to change with other people and when you're getting support from people like Emma. And so uh, if I may, I want to invite everybody to join us in something I created called the High Five Challenge because I know it feels weird to stand alone in your underwear and do this on your own, but we've created this free five-day challenge. If you're listening to this 20 years from now, it'll be there for you. It is uh, a five-day challenge where you do this with me. And you get daily coaching tools and a community that will be cheering you on. And all you got to do is go to highfivechallenge.com. That's it. If you want to be uh, a part of a community doing this and get the support that you need and deserve. And so, Emma, thank you so much for the opportunity to not only be with you and to um, just experience your commitment to people, but to also be given the um, honor and the gift of being able to share this high five habit with the people that trust and love you. I cannot tell you how much it means to me.
0: Thank you so much for letting me ask you all the questions I was burning to ask you (laughs) yesterday when I was reading it and, um, and just for really sort of cementing what, what this is about. And you've ran through it all there, but how this isn't toxic positivity, this is stuff that is going to help you daily. And it's not, I'm so glad you said that, That it's not just like doing it once and then everything is fine because It never is. And um, I'm excited to carry
1: on. So thank you so much. Me too. Me too. High five, Emma. Yeah. (laughs)